welcome to Fantastic History. I'm Clay. I'm Sarah. We're a husband and wife duo who enjoy telling each other about amazing events, people, and mysteries throughout history. So, Sarah, today I want to tell you about a naval incident that took place on January 31st, 1918. Okay. But first, we're going to have to talk about World War One and submarines. Okay. So, when World War One began, Germany was terrorizing the seas with their long-range U-boats. Mm-hmm. They were like sharks, just hidden under the water and silent until they struck, right? The damage and fear German U-boats generated cannot be overstated. And Britain didn't have many long-range submarines, and their design philosophy for years had been to build fast, powerful battleships without much armor. But the British had an idea to develop a submarine that could work with their surface fleet in engagements. Okay. This philosophy was completely different from Germany. Instead of submarines that would go out alone and pick targets at will, Germany wanted submarines that that would work in tandem with their battleships and cruisers. Interesting. Okay. But the problem was, um, the problem with this was submarines were not as fast and they wouldn't be able to keep up with a fleet. Right? Right. The diesel fuel submarines at the time just couldn't achieve those speeds. But a different type of engine could. Steam engines, like the kinds that the ships were using, Mm -hmm. these iron battleships. Thus, the K-class submarine was born. Large subs with steam engines capable of speeds that dwarfed their little diesel brothers. Whoa. But with that speed came severe disadvantages. For one, steam engines produced unspeakable heat within the hull. Oh, yeah. Mm. Ventilation funnels were installed to deal with this heat, but the funnels would often malfunction and not properly close before the submarine dove. My God. Flooding the hull with seawater. Oh. The K-Class was also so large, it could not dive as quickly or eloquently as smaller submarines. It would often take a staggering five minutes for a K-Class to fully submerge. Uh-oh. And as it did, again due to its size, the front would be pushed down into the water as the bottom lifted up. Oh, dear. Many, if not all, K-Class had scraped their noses on the sea floor at least once due to this. Uh-oh. And the design had to be adjusted to address this problem. A classic quote of K-Class captains was, I say, number one, my end is diving. What's your end up to? <laughs> Additionally, the K-Class was significantly harder to maneuver. The vessel was so large because while it had to have a steam engine for speed, the steam engine couldn't operate underwater. Oh. So the K-Class also had to have batteries and backup diesel engines to run underwater. Why are we bothering with this? When you're above water, you're speeding across, keeping up with your vessels uh-huh. and everything. When you got to dive, you got to rely on other engines. It just seems like there's too many things wrong with it. I don't know. Well, you're yeah. <laughs> you're not wrong. The vessel was dangerous and uncomfortable. Which led to discontent crews, of course. Mm. But this episode is only concerned with concerned with one mission of the K class, and that was Operation EC one. And this was a battle exercise scheduled for January thirty first, 
1918. They would include the 12th and the 13th flotilla of K-class submarines, as well as several cruisers, battleships, and destroyers. But tensions were high, as a German U-boat had supposedly been spotted earlier that day in the vicinity. Uh-oh. On that evening, the ships left the port of Rosseth at 6.30 p.m. in a single-file line and in their own groups. The first group was led by the HMS Courageous contained and contained the 13th K-class flotilla led by the flotilla leader, the Ethereal. And it comprised of K-11, 17, sorry, K-11, K-17, K-14, K-12, and K-22. These were the designations for all the submarines. Okay. Now, K-22 was a dark spot on this operation. It had failed its trial run a year earlier and sank, killing <sighs> half of its crew. Great. It was salvaged and repaired and rechristened as K-22 from its previous designation, K-13. <gasps> oh, a, I love it. So a rechristened ship is already bad luck. Uh-huh. But adding the number 13 into it is some extra <laughs> bad mojo. I got chills. I'm so excited. So that was the first group. Following them was a group of four battle cruisers, the Australia, the New Zealand, the Indomitable, and the Inflexible. <laughs> and alongside these battle cruisers in tight formation were a number of destroyers. They were there as support and to draw enemy fire. And behind this group, the third group, was the 12th K-class flotilla led by the cruiser fearless and this flotilla contained k4 k3 k6 and k7 and then finally the last group contained three battleships with more destroyers so these ships made their way through the firth of fourth bound for may island where they would turn and continue into the north sea for their training exercises but they would not all make it Oh, bother. So, as I said, to keep in line, they, they, were, they were heading out in a single file line. Mm-hmm. Little ducklings. Yeah. Um, but And they were also trying to keep a low profile because, as, as you know, those German U-boats could be out there. They didn't want to make their... Right. They didn't want to ma- cause too much attention to themselves. So the ships all illuminated a blue light on their stern for the vessel behind them to keep track of. Okay. That way they could see that blue light. They know they're in line. And if they don't, they got to correct. Mm-hmm. But a dense fog had fallen on the sea around May Great. Island. <laughs> Great. Making visibility a problem. There's got to be some issues. Oh, sure. Shortly after passing May Island, the submarines encountered two unknown vessels in the sea. Now, these were believed to be small trawlers sweeping the area for mines. But they had not been informed of a fleet coming, and the fleet was not informed of them being there. Great. So this caused some confusion. K-11 and K-17 were able to turn to port and maneuver around the ships. But K-14, when it maneuvered and turned, its navigational wheel jammed, (gasps) sending them not into a, 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 a calm maneuver around the ships, but on a brand new trajectory. Uh Uh-oh. Unable to free the navigation, K-14 came to a stop and it turned on its lights. Worried that the submarine behind them, K-12, would be confused by this unexpected event. They wanted to make sure everyone understood we're stopped. Yeah. There's something going on. 
Thankfully, K-12, which was right behind them, Mm -hmm. saw this and passed by K-14 safely and falling in line behind uh, K-11. Meanwhile, K-14 was able to free its wheel, and the captain decided to try and fall back in line, right? But there was a problem. K-22 had not passed yet. Oh, boy. In fact, K-22 had lost sight of K-12's light in the fog, and they were trying to find them again. But in doing so, they had drifted towards their port side. Oh. And unaware that they were headed directly in towards a still stationary K-14. When they finally saw their navigation lights, they tried to turn hard to port to get around, but it was too late. Yikes. And as I said, these K-class submarines were too large and clumsy to make you know quick, uh. agile moves. So K-22's bow struck the upper side of K-14, sending cold North Sea waters into both submarines. Oh, God. Two crew members were immediately sucked out of K-14 <gasps> and drowned. Oh, my God. But the crew was able to, the crews of both ships were able to close the watertight doors in the chambers that were hit to avoid both submarines sinking. However, they were now damaged and tangled. And worst of all, more ships were bearing down on their location in the dense fog. Great. So they sent out coded messages and flares to warn incoming ships. And K-22 was able to reverse and pull out of K-14 because it had like gotten stuck inside of it, right? Dang. So K-22 decided to create some distance between themselves and to be facing, I believe it was east, because at this point they were both like um, their broadside was facing the oncoming ships. So he wanted to make he wanted to be in the same trajectory sure. as the oncoming ships to avoid any type of <laughs> problem, right? Yeah. So as as K twenty two did this, the group of cruisers began to pass by their location. The Australia, the New Zealand, and the Indomitable had all passed without issue, but the Inflexible had also gone off course. Oh God! It was now approaching their location, not from the west but the Southwest Uh and it was headed directly towards (laughs) K-22. When the inflexible saw K-22 in the water, it turned hard starboard, but it was a little bit too late. And it is unfortunately inflexible. Inflexible. It shall not move, but it tried. The cruiser scraped up against (sighs) K-22, causing damage to both ships, but... Not significant damage. Okay. Thankfully, the cruisers continued on, leaving K-22 and K-14 behind. Meanwhile, the ethereal decoded the message sent by K-22. But it was over 30 minutes later. And the flotilla had traveled a significant distance in that time. Mm -hmm. But still, the ethereal decided to turn around and help the two submarines from its group it was leading. This meant that K-11... K-17 and K-12 would also have to turn around because they were following their flotilla leader. Oh, good God. The ethereal planned a safe turnaround by making a very wide turn so they would not be in the path of the ships behind them. Right? Mm -hmm. And they sent out messages to all the ships informing them that they were doing this 
to avoid any confusion. But the messages would take some time to decode. Mm-hmm. And there was another problem. Their instructions had been to pass the Isle of May and then turn east. But it wasn't made exactly clear when to turn east. <sighs> this meant that they were no longer in a perfectly straight line, but four parallel lines, each group having turned at a slightly different point Great. after May Island. Perfect. This meant that the ethereal's wide turn did not put it out of harm's way. And by the time the 13th submarine flotilla and the second battlecruiser squadron were upon each other, the messages had not been decoded yet. <laughs> oh my God. The ethereal and the submarines took evasive maneuvers to avoid collisions with the battlecruisers and destroyers, with several near misses, sometimes with a mere feet to spare. Oh. But they did manage to pass without damage. Okay. Soon after the 13th flotilla was approaching the 12th flotilla, led by the Fearless. And they thought the 12th would know about their them being in the area, but again, their message had not been decoded yet. So these ships didn't know either. So when the Fearless looked out and saw the Ethereal coming from the northeast as it was headed west, you could imagine it was confused and worried. Yeah. The Ethereal and K-11 passed in front of the Fearless with ample space. Mm -hmm. But K-17, who was following behind, did not have enough space to pass in front of the Fearless. Oh, God. It would have to turn starboard and maneuver around the Fearless as were the nautical rules that smaller vessels make way for larger vessels. Sure. That's just the way it was. The Fearless, not wanting to cause any confusion by making any unexpected turns because... According to the rules, it should stay on course and they should move. It did not do anything. It just, I'm going to stay, go, I'm going to go where I'm going. Let them deal with it. Mm-hmm. But K-17 inexplicably did not turn. Oh. And by the time the Fearless realized this, there was nothing that could be done. Great. The Fearless smashed into the front side of K-17, ripping into it and dragging it along until it let loose and rolled off the port side of the Fearless. Oh, my God. The Fearless immediately began dropping rescue boats into the water as it knew K-17 was severely damaged and would not likely remain above water for much longer. Meanwhile, the entire crew of K-17, 56 submariners, managed to escape onto the hull of the submarine. Wow. As it as it was slowly beginning to sink. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, so it wasn't sinking quick. Yeah. Well, not extremely quickly, but they were able to get out. And as you recall, as you may recall, the Fearless was the leader of the 12th submarine flotilla, so it began to blare its sirens and turning on its lights to warn the submarines following it that it had stopped, Mm -hmm. right? So K-12 and K-3 managed to make a safe stop behind and beside of the Fearless. But this created a tight pack of ships. You had the Fearless, you had these submarines, and you had these rescue boats, and they were just out there. So it was, a, it was a bit dangerous, a especially little, with everything that had been going on. Good God. So K-4 decided to turn 90 degrees starboard 
and try to remove itself by heading south. Get out of the way, Ugh, right? Guys. K6 was supposed to be behind K3, but it had lost K3's light and was trying to find it again. Seeing a light ahead, it followed to fall back in line. However, K6 realized that it was not K3's navigational light that it was headed towards. It was the starboard light of K4. Oh, God. So K6 suddenly realized it was headed directly towards K4 at a 90 degree angle at full speed. Mm -hmm. And by the time they had realized this, it was too late. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. (laughs) It's literally dominoes. Yes, it is. Good Lord. K6 bow sliced into K4, nearly ripping it in two. K4 immediately began to sink, and K6 was pulled down with it because it was stuck inside. Behind K6 was K7, who had been following. It managed to avoid a a collision with K6, but as it passed by, it passed over K4. But in the amount of time that had passed, which was not a lot of time, K4 had already sunk so low into the ocean that K7 passed overhead without touching it. That is so upsetting. K6 shifted into reverse and hit the gas, uh, pulling its bow out of K4 and returning to the surface. But K4 was so hopelessly damaged that it fell into pieces into the dark water. Oh, God. None of the crew had time to escape. Meanwhile, K17 was still sinking and its crew was struggling in the cold water and black oil that coated the surface. Oh, God. The rescue ships from the Fearless had reached them, and they were busy at work, but it wasn't over. In horror, the ships looked up to see the final group approaching them, the 5th Battle Squadron. I gotta say, this is when you stop using coded messages and just straight up say, Stop! You're killing everyone! Mm. You know? Yeah. The battleships passed through the ships without causing any problem, though also not stopping to provide any help. Great. But the same could not be said for the accompanying destroyers. The rescue ships, rescue boats scattered as the swarm approached their position, slicing through the survivors of K-17 in the water. Jesus. Battering them, drowning them, and pulling them into their propellers. This, oh God, propeller guy. This occurred for the sub, this occurred for the destroyer swarms of all three battleships as they passed through, killing more and more submariners in the waters. This is a nightmare. By the time the fifth had passed and the boats were able to get back to rescue and the original crew of 56 had been cut down to just 10. What the fuck? One died aboard the Fearless from injuries received from the destroyers. And after 75 minutes, the Battle of May Island was over. We're calling it a battle, huh? It's a bit of dark humor. Yikes. Of the nine K-class submarines that had left, two had been sunk and three had been damaged. The Fearless had 
sustained significant damage from the collision with K-17, ripping like a giant gash in its in the front of it. Mm-hmm. And there's some pictures we'll put on Instagram of this. But it was still operational. It was able to take itself into port. The Inflexible had only sustained superficial damage. And I believe one or two of the submarines had to be pulled back to port because they couldn't make it on their own. Great. Of the crew of the K-17, 47 men had lost their lives. All aboard K-4, the submarine that had been sliced in half, Mm -hmm. had perished. 55 crew members. And then there was the two that died from being sucked into the water earlier. Yeah. The final death toll was 104. That's horrific. For a training exercise. Yes. Cool. The entire ordeal was not only a display of how bad these submarine, these fleet submarines were, but it was also a huge national embarrassment to the Royal Navy. Yeah. I mean, terrible. I hope y'all are still embarrassed. So much so that after the investigation had wrapped up, all records of the Battle of May Island were sealed and classified. (laughs) Okay. And the public and family members were only given scant information about what happened. You can't do that. You can't do that. The K-Class would not have time to see action as the war ended before they could be implemented. I mean, thank God. Yeah, the the Royal Navy attempted to retrofit them for other purposes, but after more sinkings and deaths, the submarines were stripped and the dream of the fleet submarine was over. Yeah. And you wouldn't see another submarine like it until the invention of nuclear submarines. Huh. Although they're they would be implemented very differently. You'd hope. 76 years later, in 1994, after the wreckage of the Battle of May Island was found at the bottom of the North Sea, the files were finally made public. Oof. And a memorial was erected in 2004. But this was long after all who had been affected by the tragedy had died, many not knowing exactly why their loved one had perished in non-combat. Sick. It stands as one of the only remaining physical memories of the ill-fated submarines and the most embarrassing battle of the 20th century. That is pretty bad. You know, like, as you were, like, going through it, it's like, this could only get worse. And I only didn't say it at the time because I was like, no, this is probably going to happen. This is such a shit show. But the only way this could get worse, if they're flicking on all these lights, blaring these horns, and there's a U-boat sitting there going, <laughs> got him. Well, you know, that had to have been a concern. Sure. Especially after the K-17 had been hit and they had to put those boats in the gra- in the water to right. save them, that if a U-boat showed up, they were done. Oh, yeah. They were done for. But you can't leave them behind right you gotta go get them no matter what so that would have been really bad yeah the only way it could have been worse and that may have saved some of the embarrassment (laughs) yeah they had actually been attacked but it had just been freak 
a freak accident. It was that number 13 boat that was already cursed. That's where things started to go wrong was with that number 1322 boat. Well, it technically went wrong with the K-14 when its navigational wheel got stuck. And there were investigations at the time into exactly what happened. And they couldn't get it to happen. They couldn't recreate the error. Interesting. And no one had ever experienced an error like this on these ships that were riddled with errors. Mm. So Mm. no one exactly understood or knew why K-14's navigational wheel got stuck. But that was the the initial cause. And then everything else was basically just mistake after accident, Mm. after ill-prepared decision-making, and just little things. Yeah. People not realizing what was going on, not taking things too, maybe being overly cautious. Yeah. They caused an, they caused a collision or maybe being not too cautious. It, you know, it's just all sorts of little things that caused, uh, over 100 people to die. Great. So that's the battle of May Island. And uh, I hope you all enjoyed. Wow, 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 wow. And if you in, if you found this story to be interesting, please leave us a like and review. You can also find us on TikTok and YouTube. We're at Fantastic History Podcast. We're on Instagram at Fantastic HPod. And you can send us an email at FantasticHistoryPod at gmail.com. Let us know what you think and uh, tell your friends all about us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, until next week. Bye. Bye.